Well, we all start somewhere. Keep this from becoming just another endless list of planetudes that are burning out your ears. Consider this. What I'm engaged in is an applied anthropological research study. As a researcher, I'm looking for those patterns on all of the scales of relational engagement that align our experience, subjective to yours and associative and associative to collective, because it pleases me to do so. And I love the story of us because we are the story we tell ourselves and the story we allow others to tell of us. I prefer to understand the story I live within. Stick around. I look forward to getting to know you. Bovine Bob finally finds his voice. A story about a bovine who has important information to get out. What's he going to do if he can't get everybody to listen? Another day in the field with wonderfully green-tasting grass. The sun was setting in the distance. It was a glowing ball crowned with strings of melting gold filaments as it extinguished in the darkening pastures. Just beginning to blossom in violets, maroons, and various pinks and yellows. A sting pinched at Bovine Bob's rear haunch, and he instinctively swatted at it with his tail and looked at his rump, the food of the god's grass hanging from his chewing jaw, allowing Bob to catch a glimpse of the sun as it gave up its life to the slice of Earth's horizon. Hmm, another day's sun, going out on the Earth's unforgiving sharpness. Sliced away into all those pretty colors till the next sun makes its appearance. Bob thought to himself, he was an average bull in his herd, and he had never made much of a fuss and kept to himself in most things as good cattle ought to do. He turned back to gather up the last of the day's vittles before he headed back to bed down with the rest of the herd in clumps for the night. As he lowered his head to a particularly colorful patch blade that was under another member of the herd's old chewed-up, discarded Eatons, he noticed something popping out of it. It looked like some shrooms that often dot the field after moist evening or morning. An awful lot of them, in fact, but Bob didn't mind. They usually just added a nice flavor to the vittles he was eating, even though... It could be right better tasting every once in a while. Well, these were not. These mushrooms made the grasses they were laying on taste wonderful. He pondered this as he turned, made his way back to the herd sleeping place, which would be getting reasonably dark once he made it there. By the time he was about to plop down on his favorite spot, Bob was beginning to see a spectacle of colors. Spectrum? Oh, what's that word doing in my head? 
And how do I know what it means? Whoa! And that last thought echoed and shivered itself into layers of free-associating thoughts beyond the usual moo we all know and love. He began dancing through the blinking things in the dark skies above, jumping clean over the moon while doing so. He turned into a lady singing on a stage by the name of J-Lo. He was, for a time, a fly sitting on his rump, extremely hot and annoyed at something for what seemed like an age. He got deep, realizing something he hadn't ever thought of before. He was a cow. He he felt like doing something, uh, laughing or something. He didn't know how to describe what he'd never experienced before. He also felt despondent. And above it all, he was hungry for a hamburger. Whatever that was supposed to be. Food, maybe. Well, whatever it was, he somehow knew it to be delicious. His thoughts were bumping into each other as they turned into the herd of his youth when he was just a calf, before his Ma and Pa had taken the journey with the handlers to join the big herd in the big field. This memory was much more vibrant than any time he ever thought about those days that had gone before. Echoing sounds crisscrossing before his nose, tickling a bit, then becoming visible themselves before him. He again watched the handlers, Hey-yah! And there, there, that way! As Ma and Pa into the boxes to take him to join the big herd. Except this time he popped out of his calf self and into his mom's head. The slide box they were in had slits, which Ma could see out of. But Moo, it was a bit crowded and uncomfortable. An interminable amount of time passed, and Ma, Pa, and the others were trying to get a hold of the handlers to let them know of their discomfort. Sometimes it just seemed like the handlers could hear, but were ignoring them on purpose. The movement in the box was making a couple of Ma's stomachs woo-hoo-zee. The box stopped jostling, then opened, and the handlers were, Come on, y'all, hee-yaw, and here, here, and then suddenly Bob's view shifted, and he was in Pa's head now. Ma had just entered a larger box ahead of Pa, Pa could see movement out inside of it. Pa was dreadfully confused as to where they all were at. Where he and the others were at didn't look like a large pasture at all. Pa was getting very anxious and crowded in by the others. Some of them were trying to ask the handlers questions directly, but they didn't seem to notice or respond. Pa had just made it through the opening of a large box and could make a... No... That don't make sense. What would cattle be doing with their hooves in the air? What are those horrible cries from the ones ahead? Paul thought. Then Paul got an honest good look at the ones ahead, and Paul's mind just went white with fear, confusion, and horror. Bob was mooing all night, right bothering all the cattle near him. 
Some had to move away to have any hope of sleep whatsoever. Whatever Bob was dreaming, it was unusual. Those who were near him commented to each other, and that was sure as milking in the morning for the milk cows. Bob woke with his head feeling like he'd licked far too much salt the day before, like he'd been kicked hard in the head by another member of the herd. It took him a while to get his legs under himself to stand, and his legs were shaky. One of the handlers took notice of Bob's trouble, getting up, and he was beginning to come over to him, a thing that typically would have been a welcome thing to occur, but this time Bob shivered from the top of the dome of his head down to the start of his tail. He also started moving quickly to stall the handler, placing a hand on him. He half walked, half ran to join the others. When he had caught up and finally fallen into a regular gait, he settled into the relaxing walk into the fields. That was a nice routine he could easily allow himself to relax into. He began to listen to the usual morning chatter that was a staple of the herd, making it out to the fields for the day. Francine said she heard Betsy tell Georgine that she had heard Marla say she had overheard the rancher's daughter says we're going to be taken to the big field to join the big herd at the end of this week, said Claudette matter-of-factly. Bob's limbs stiffened, and after a moment, he found himself compelled to speak up. We shouldn't get in the boxes then. He, he had more than spoken up. He darn near shouted it out. The, the handlers are going to take us to a, a, another larger box where they're going to... Bob shuddered. He couldn't help it. Then he continued. They, they are they're going to kill us and the ranchers will eat us. His statement echoed over the herd, making the head hurt even more. Felt like he was getting kicked by several bulls now. And barely registered that many of the herd around him had stopped moving and were looking at him like he had just turned inside out and was standing in front of them with his insides on his outsides. What was that? Who's talking crazy talk? Did somebody say something? Did Bob say something about the handlers killing us? An annoyed, loud bleep. Stopped everything that was happening. Bob, that's not how the story goes. One of the calves up front snorted after speaking as if it had smelled the worst thing ever. Bob was suddenly confused, losing his place in the story. A moment ago, he had lost where he was because well, this was a different place entirely within the pasture. It looked different. There were these worrying things sort of hanging out around them somehow. He knew these were handlers. They didn't look like the old handlers. Handlers were a beings that served and worshipped and cared for bovine their entire life. What what were these these things? Bob, you know that is not how the old story goes. So much has changed since the old days. Why are you telling them the old story? Are you trying to scare the dickens out of the poor calves? Asked Bovine Frank, 
from just past the edge of the semicircle of calves who were shifting and looking to break out of their grouping. Bob was genuinely confounded. He wasn't sure exactly what he had done wrong. A drone handler buzzed almost silently beyond the calves, its mechanical whirring and ever-present sound that most forgot was there. The calves were getting up here and there and beginning to wander off into the field to eat. He had lost the story entire now. The frustrated bleating of the young ones threw off where he'd been in the story. But, um, wait, I can get back to the right story. Bovine Frank wilded up to Bob. Bob, just what has gotten into you lately? In the last couple of days, you haven't been able to get a story out straight. You keep getting into this horrible rut where the old school handlers are out to kill us off all the ranchers to eat us. Just what is that all about? Hell, Bob, we haven't even seen a human handler since just after we were calves ourselves. These here don't even rightly understand what you mean when you have them old school handler he-ya-human talking like back when we were young. I don't know what is happening, Bovine Frank. You, you say I was telling a story, but it, it felt awfully real. You see, I had eaten some of them shrooms that like to grow in the revittles from time to time, and, and Bob stuttered, noticing how Bovine Frank wasn't really listening to anything he had to say, as usual. He decided to forestall the deep, empty feeling he'd get after going to all the trouble, relaying a nuanced analysis of the events that had apparently led to his current incongruent predicament. He went for the easy out. Well, you know how it is, Bovine Frank, us getting older and all. I, I, I apologize for not living up to the fine example of a bovine you have been trying to set for the rest of us. Bovine Frank's interest perked up once he heard his name mentioned. It is my, my, my fault, of course. I've been having the worst dreams lately. Well, it ain't helped nothing if you go off script like that. You are plumb going to frighten them. So as the right ones graduate, they won't want to go to the big field, as is their just reward for doing everything they are supposed to do. And that is the J-O-B of those of us failures who get stuck with helping to raise the calves. Now, Bob, we all know that ever since your ma and pa got sent to the big field earlier than is usual, on account of how well they both was very fine bovine, you couldn't find it in your heart or stomachs to be moved for them, like any sensible calf would have been, no, no, you selfishly wanted them to stick around and finish raising you right. As if how to be a proper bovine wasn't already in you. As if they had to teach you how to accept the moosive honor of your birth as a bovine. As if being happy and eating grass proper weren't the height of the great bull's creation of the pasture for all of us. When you then go and perverse the almighty moo with insanity, like the handlers doing the bidding of the ranchers who have somehow developed a taste for bovine flesh. 
bovine Frank paused for a shudder at this point in the lecture that Bob had heard over and over. And look, Bob, the herd is getting a bit restless with all your milking. It is unseemly coming from a bull of the pasture. Straighten up or things will get worse for you. Do you hear me, Bob? He stressed the last name unpleasantly. Bob felt like a distinct failure as a bovine. He couldn't, for the grass of it, figure out what was going on. The last normal thing in his life had been just before he was about to bed down with a herd. Since then, he had gone from bovine to pop stardom to carnivore empathizing, story shredding, and entirely out of time and place, confused present. Personally, he thought it was likely an anomaly that was an emergent feature of the psychedelic fungi he had consumed resurfacing from time to time to better highlight some deeper truth about his existence that he was a-missing. He kept those things largely to himself. He hung his head down low. Oh, all right, Bovon Frank. I accept my just salt in the moist places as I should. I I'll figure out what's what soon. He let out a submissive, obedient moo. He hazarded a glance up at Bovine Frank to see how he took his display of contrite submission. Except there was only empty air. Well, there was plenty of groupy flies still trying to catch up to Bovine Frank. He had the most extensive following of groupie flies of any in the herd due to his confident gait and talkative manner, which was a sign of moose of intelligence. He was alone. A drone handler flew up to him, blinked some lights, and began moving. Bob was so caught up in his head that he scarcely noticed other herd members lining up next to him. Each led by one of the other drone handlers. He didn't notice when the cattle truck he had gotten into took off. Didn't even smell anything different when he was offloaded. Bob was already on his way up the ramp into the big box before the change in scenery registered. He, he stopped and he exclaimed, Moo! Wait! What? What in tarnation? Everybody! Everybody stop! Do not go into that big box. The rancher's going to kill us and eat us. Bovine Frank turned around immediately. Get a load of Bob. He's always saying the ranchers, the ones who have worshipped us since birth, wait on us horn and hoof, brush us, care for us, and because they love doing it, we let them. They have never shown any indication of wanting to eat us. Shut up, Bob, or we're going to stampede you. Bob didn't hear a thing. Bovine Frank had said. He shouldered his way to the edge of the ramp, jumping off over the edge. He fast-trotted off about 40 feet from the ramp, then whirled around. Before him, the ramp in the dreaded big box building before him at a glance. The herd, his herd, was on the ramp leading inside. 
Some of the herd had already entered the big box, seeing where the herd was that they already lost some of his fellow herd members, broke something deep inside Bob. He felt something he'd never felt before far within himself, down in his big, furry heart. That feeling, it swirled there, gathering a quickening strength, pulling in all of his feelings of inadequacy. All the times bulls had laughed at him. The feeling as other bulls left to be part of the rodeo as heroes. The long, lonely nights when none of the ladies or any other cattle chose to bunk down near him. This need swallowed all of that. All of his confusion, his recent insights, every single free bet or thought he had in a fit of righteous, indignant anger, hardening into a crystallized determination no stampede could ever stop, rushing back up from that big heart, engulfing everything except his absolute need to get the herd to listen to him, up past all of his stomachs, where swallowed mushrooms still remained and manifested in a, Listen here, herd! You he uh, off of that there ramp this instant. If and you don't, you're going to get killed by the ranchers and eaten. The herd stopped dead in its tracks. A couple of the drone handlers ran into the wall of the big box with a crunching sound, tumbling to the ground where they sputtered and attempted to whirl their blades. Absolute silence reigned over the herd. It was as if... The universe held its collective breath. A small question rose from the herd. Was it Francine or Georgette? Bob couldn't tell. Was that bovine Bob? I heard let out such a foolish move. A gaggle of ladies' voices joined her question as they began going over the side of the ramp to collect around bovine Bob in a shifting, admiring crowd. The bulls were much slower to react. Bovine Frank grumbled to himself. Who does Bob think he is letting out a move like that at our grand stage? If he could move like that, why the hell didn't he go to the rodeo? All the herd surrounded Bovine Bob. The questions were fast now. What are you doing tonight, Bovine Bob? asked Susie. Have you got anyone to butt down with tonight? asked Sally Joe. Bovine Bob let it all wash over him. Something about the questions nagged at the back of his mind, but he couldn't figure out what. Instead, Bovine Bob allowed himself to be grateful for whatever it was that got him to get his herd off the ramp. He was very concerned about who had already gone into the big box. However, the relief he felt for getting the herd off the ramp was something he had never felt before. Maybe it was the satisfaction that Bovine Bob felt finally having proven himself to be a worthy cow to hold the title of bovine. He'd always been Bob, a slight since it meant that other cattle saw him as less than worthy of being considered a bovine. Well, he was going to be called bovine from here on out, and that was sure. He had done it. He, bovine Bob, had finally found his voice. The remaining drones could not get any member of the herd to respond. By the time any of them could signal any of the herd to move, the drone handlers loaded up the herd 
upon the trucks and returned them to the pasture. Unfortunately, the return trip to the beef processing plant successfully scheduled for the following Monday in bovine Bob's trials. Yea, even his tribulations as the new herd chief were only just beginning. That is, if he can make it past Monday. The moral of the story is, when your life feels like shit and leads you to eat any shit, you might eat shit with shit in the shit. That might be more shit than you had planned for. And the shit you learn might change everything about the shit in your life. Make sure that your shit doesn't get you into the shit again unless you are prepared for any shit that might be coming down the trail. Always be ready for shit if you're the shit. That truth, that truth is the shit. Thank you for enjoying this short story. It would not have been possible without the love and dedication of my partner, Sabrina Siebert, who is still the coldest and most heartless, soul-reaving editor I've ever had the pleasure of running away from and hiding while in editing mode. If everyone could have an editor like Sabrina, there would be many more enjoyable stories in the world and quite a few fewer folks who thought of themselves as writers. <laughs> Subscribe and stay tuned for the next installation of Short Story in The Struggle Between Short Story Anthology that begins with The Boy in the Room and ends with the other truth. In between, you'll see such stories as Human, your feline overlords are here. Cats are done playing nice. It is time the humans accept the enslavement and dominion by the feline overlords. Dolphin Dave's to have a destiny. Will Dave ever have a Dolphy of his own. Must all dolphins shed Dolphy? Is there a Dolphy in all the ocean that feels the same as he? The formidable former Sid Felton Platoon, tasked with a highly classified secret mission to extract information regarding the rumored ultimate weapon, the Phantom Platoon is ordered to secure the future of the colony. Horace almost confronts Pepe, Juan, Steve. Cursed as he was from birth with extra warping vision, Horace has always had to dumb down his ability in order to fit in when something extra hoppy begins to occur involving the others. Horace must choose between what is real and unreal. The skunk that sat upon the stump. Every tree has a stump, and everyone stinks. That is, until... The skunk sat upon the stump. The unconscious overthrow of the conscious subconscious. Right now, you cannot decide if I am referring to the id, the ego, or what I want you to think. Bluetooth chihuahuas and lemon lemon limes. Times they are changing. You better get with them, get lost, and stop trying to make lemon lemmings out of lemon limes. If you enjoyed this short story, there are readings performed and links provided to the reading at the beginning of each short story. Your feedback, rare as it is, is still very much sought, so please do not hesitate to comment and share with friends. 
can be equally rare to have some genuine laughs of late. My dearest hope is that these stories bring some laughter into the lives of others, sharing the glow of fun I had creating them. Thank you. I'm only as known as those who know me know. Let's see if we can widen that circle a bit, at least large enough for a few more folks. I never want to be so known that I cannot make time for everyone who would like to engage, yet I still have the availability. Stay safe, and until next time, think about the moral Bovine Bob story and any value it has for your own life going forward. You can listen to the reading of The Boy in the Room at my podcast website, the ESC Hatch Podcast, The Escape Hatch. Extra. This preliminary reading of the story is available now. The link is at the beginning of the story, where you can follow the link that is provided. For myself, the stories hinge on how I hear them in my own head. It's pivotal for my own enjoyment, and largely I perform my ideas for friends and family prior to writing them. I'm always doing cartoon voices and improv and impromptu stories for them. These are the best I've done recently. It's for this reason, also, that I'm making the preliminary recordings accessible. There will be a final produced audio story eventually. I'm always told, put your best foot forward. A first impression is everything. If I followed that advice, I'd likely never publish or produce anything at all because my perfectionist tendencies, when I think like that, they all come out. It's more important to be authentic and genuinely engaging. I believe that comes across in my offerings. Hearing the characters yourself, I believe, helps to inform a picture of the story as I envisioned it as it unfolds. To fill each character as I envisioned them. A final note. I am big on interactivity. I have a large project that is Choose Your Own Adventure and I hope to get it off the ground. I will. It'll need others to be what I envision it to be, so engage further. And if you have actually read this far, there must be interest. Participation is welcome. It helps me to know where I should adapt things so that everyone who would like to engage has a means to. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the escape hatch. Respectfully, Adrian P. Yobi Lumberg, Pilgrim on Point, East Bay Hatch. You'll be Work Studios LLC, an applied anthropology research and unique solutions deployment organization, San Leandro, California. You will know me by my works. We are the story we tell ourselves, or we're the story others tell of us. I have two types of folks that exist, and it's either family or those who haven't figured out they're my family yet. All a part of the greatest generation there's ever been, the living generation. Members coming and going all the time. If you feel a draw, not a push, but a draw, then odds are we're going to be hugging each other soon. I'm going to be asking who you are other than another other of me and me and a few and you're going to be asking me why I smell and and where is uh, that guy you're looking for <laughs>